Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week, we have a dual episode release. Uh, last, the last episode on the RSS feed will be Andrew, and this is Nick. Uh, Nick is the other half of Dingus Boys Gaming. I met these guys doing a charity stream for Dark Souls, and uh, they're super nice. And me and Nick sat down and talked about his history with the games and um, <laughs> how him and his girlfriend play together sometimes, but not all the time, which is kind of a funny story, so check that out. Uh, we also talk about like some challenge runs and things like that, so it, it's a really good episode. I think you'll enjoy it. And as always, thanks for listening. Well, why don't we start at the very beginning? Tell me about the uh, first Souls game that you ever played. All right. Um, so going way back, my very first knowledge of Souls was um, Zero Punctuation's review of Demon's Souls, um, where he basically made it sound like um, I want to be the guy, but um, in 3D. Um, so I wasn't super interested in it, but um, when I was an undergrad, one of my friends had an Xbox, and he had the Xbox copy of Dark Souls 1, and that was my first Souls experience. We, we kind of played through together. Um, if I remember it right, we didn't really get any help. Um, so we beat the Asylum Demon, um, got flown over to Lordran, got killed by the skeletons before we turned around, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> got to the Undead Berg, and I think we kind of got stuck there, um, for a couple days, um, just just um a different way of thinking about playing mm-hmm. um i think he described it best as you do a lot of damage and the enemies do a lot of damage but nobody has a lot of health and that's kind of the main difficulty mm-hmm. um and i think that that's still accurate to a degree um so we got good at parrying with the spear guys and and that stuff and then uh, the Xbox died. So, oh no! It red ringed or what? No more Dark Souls. Um, so you know, I, I know a lot of people who come on talk about how they kind of bounced off, and um, for me, that kind of an involuntary thing because I thought it was, you know, pretty cool. Um, but so it goes, huh? That's. I mean, that sucks. That. <laughs> when consoles die, I had a, I had an Xbox die on me one time, and luckily, like I think it was still in warranty or whatever, so I was able to get it replaced. But man, like the idea of losing saves and all of that stuff. Um, I was I was talking to a guy the other day, and he was was talking about how he lost his Fallout Four save, and because um, he had a, his hard drive died on his PS4 or something, and he had like you know he was sixty hours into it, and he just said, "I'm never going to play that game again. Like I'm never ever yeah, going to a, do that." <laughs> that's a big game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I would feel the same thing about Dark Souls. Like if, well, actually, probably not because I played that game so many times. But, uh, but yeah, like if I lost my current save on Dark Souls three, for example, I probably I might, I might not ever go back and play that game. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I had feelings of that when Scholar came out because I was I was kind of upset that I couldn't just use my Dark Souls two saves, um, you know, because I had some ones that I really liked and I didn't really feel like going through the entire game as a low-level ninja again, just so I can do low-level PvP. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I just kind of sucked it up and did it anyway. So I guess that's what would happen. <laughs> then not that that's an invite for anyone to break my hard drives. Exactly. The amount of backlash that happened um, during that whole, when they announced it and they said like your saves wouldn't come over or anything like that. Like it was just ridiculous. Like when they announced scholar, like the entire community seemed like they just brought out their pitchforks and torches to burn some stuff down. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I can see why, um, why it had to be that way. Um, I think it probably would have been possible to have the saves transfer. I'm guessing the engine didn't change that radically, but you know, um, it. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. I mean, I think I'm sure like item IDs and things like that change. Like, if you ever have you ever messed around with the save editors for uh, Dark Souls or Dark Souls Two? Um, not the save editors. But I've um, so I I hate um, farming with mm. a, a ridiculous passion. So you know, I'll admit in Dark Souls One, I did duplicate items with Cheat Engine and and stuff like that yeah. because um, there's no joy in uh, f- killing the same mobs about a billion times to get your green slab or whatever. Yeah, it's really. I don't like farming either. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous, but that's why I use like you know I've used save editors on the 360, and I've you know when the, when the duping glitch was real popular, I would use that because hey, I don't want to fuck around you know grinding for all of this stuff. I just want to create a quick PvP character and play it for you know five hours and then never bother with it again, and then go move on to something else. Yeah, I don't do much, but I still feel like my time's valuable. Uh. <laughs> What was it so, when, after the 360 died? Like, when did you go back to the game? <coughs> um, so after 360 died, uh, so a couple months or a year or some some amount of time passed, mm-hmm. um, and then Andrew, um, called me up and was like, "Hey, uh." Dark Souls 1 is a great game. Let's play it. And then I think he bought it for me. Um, or I might have gotten it myself. Um, this was all back in... Uh, I graduated in 2015, so this was probably around 2013. Um, and I have a hard enough time remembering what happened uh, last week. But, so. Um, but yeah, so he and I both had copies for the PC Mm -hmm. um, because then we won't lose anything ever. Um, And uh, it was tough because I didn't have a controller or anything. So I was playing with mouse and keyboard. Oh no. (laughs) That's not good. DS fix and DS, um, what DSM fix and DSC fix and all the fix need because it, still ran like garbage um and my computer is like always two years older than it should be um but i also think it's it's kind of an interesting experience that i had because i never really had um a lonely experience in dark souls because when i was playing on the three uh on the 360 i was playing with my friend uh when i would every dark souls game um I've I've played with my friend um with uh with Andrew. Um so 
we basically he had already beaten the game, I think. So we he basically made a new character and we co-op together through the entire thing. Um, he didn't make it easy for me. Um, you know, obviously your friend is going to have you keep Lotrek safe and not tell you that he's going to kill the firekeeper while you're coming back up out of Blight Town with no Estes and Toxic. Um, so that wasn't very nice. <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of letting you go through and, and find all the traps on your own, right? Yeah. No, it was, he was around for moral support because he's better at hitting th- things than I am. Um, but... And anything that got him had to get me as well, which which I'm grateful for. Yeah, there's something, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, but there's something really rewarding about seeing uh, your friends or seeing streamers or seeing other people play Dark Souls 1 for the first time and fall for all the same bullshit that you fell for. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit of a sadist because I'll make people fall for things that I never fell for, like the <laughs> amygdala. Um, who picks you up when you're picking up the top hat in Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just picked up the stuff and ran away because um, I never know when something's going to fall out of the sky and hit me. Um, <laughs> which but, is, which happens a couple of times in Bloodborne. <laughs> like you're, you're, you're good for that. <laughs> <laughs> but when my, when my, I'm um, playing with my girlfriend through it um, very slowly and I'm like, hey, go pick up that item. Oh, good job. You should read the description. It's really interesting. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Your so, girlfriend plays, a, plays, plays some Souls, too? Did you get um, her into it? No, she's not into it. It's more um, like w- when I've been especially good and earned it, she'll play some. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I get my wife doesn't play a lot of video games. Um, like and it's like she'll pick up just random games and and like that'll be like her video game for you know for a year or something. Uh, like for one year it was Diablo three. Like we played. She has the she has a platinum trophy on PS four and she has like a thousand achievement points on Diablo three and on Xbox three sixty. Like for whatever reason that was her game. Uh, but so I, I handed her the controller for Bloodborne one time and uh, yeah, it was. It was interesting, and the first point where, like, she she actually killed some stuff, and she was made progress, and then she came across the like first group of enemies, and then uh, it killed her. And when she woke back up and realized all of the enemies were there again, she was like, "I don't want to play this at all. This seems like garbage." It's like, okay, cool, you ain't got it. No worries. No worries. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very it's very tough because she gets very frustrated when yeah. she dies. And she hates having to do the same thing over and over again, you know, which is fine. Um, It's just tough because I can't pop in and help her. Like uh, we played through almost all of Dark Souls 2, the original together. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very cute because my character was named Boyfriend and hers was Girlfriend. Just co-op the entire time. Yeah, very nice. Real sappy garbage like yeah. that. Yeah, I like that stuff, dude. I I've been married for thirteen years, so like any kind of sappy garbage, I'm just I'm completely into. <laughs> I think it's more trying to get a good pairing of them that yeah. we like. Sure. Well, what was um, like? What was obviously you're playing with Andrew going through Dark Souls one for the first time, and he's letting you fall for all these traps. Um, were you? I mean, obviously you were into the game if you were playing it and not just playing it to keep your friend happy. But like, were 
was it the combat that was pulling you through? Was it the story? Like, what were you? What was the original um, thing that you kind of glommed onto? I don't know. Um, I liked how it looked. Um, Dark Souls has a really good aesthetic. I think um, things look distinct and relatively crisp. Um, yeah, I, I, I hate, I hate games where everything's, um, you know. Oh, we got our particle effects and uh, crazy bloom, so everything's like bright but also gray because I've uh, got to have fog because you know real life doesn't have any color in it. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that as a suburbs kid, but I swear there is some some stuff to look at outside. Um, yeah, like one of my biggest problems. I'm trying to get through Salt and Sanctuary right now. One of the really pernicious issues is that it's just got that stupid fog on all the time and everything's kind of desaturated you know that doesn't look good uh stop doing that video game people <laughs> that, that game could great. really really benefit with some some different colors in the backgrounds um just i had a especially starting out playing that game i had a really hard time identifying like enemies from in the foreground versus like just stuff that like extra like you know artistic stylings in the background um it gets it gets better as you progress through the game because it you do get into some different areas and by the end of the game it's not much of a problem but boy that first area does not give you a really great first impression yeah but you know dark souls is bright um for the most part you know even even the grayer areas they have flashes like uh, undead berg is kind of a lot of grays and greens and browns but it's still got those um embers floating around which bringing out some red mm-hmm. um all that jazz also the blood stains are have a pretty big color punch uh, sure yeah which is kind of cool uh so i liked how it looked um the combat was tough but it seems pretty rewarding um yeah, I, I study behavior analysis so I can talk for like 20 hours about how, how it works and how that's awesome. Um, I played with a scythe because uh, that's the coolest weapon in the game. Uh, yeah. It was just, just something weird and cool. Mm-hmm. Good look, um, tight controls, you know, not like Skyrim where you're, like I don't even know how to describe that. It's uh it's so funny how often Skyrim gets brought up um in comparison to Dark Souls cuz I, I have my own story where like I booted up Skyrim and was like this this combat is garbage. I'm going to go back to Dark Souls. Um they and they came I, out around the same t- time, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Like I think they both came out like around the end of 2011 or something. Um uh, which is kind of like bonkers if you think about it cuz you know Dark Souls is obviously Dark Souls and Skyrim is held up as one of the you know, better Elder Scrolls games, even though I don't give a shit about it. Um, uh, that's yeah, that's <clears> a weird <throat> argument too. I, I've I've played through um, uh, Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim, and I think they get worse every time. Um, you know, I think uh, I think more Oblivion is kind of the pinnacle. Uh, that's they did a mod where you can. Um, the community did a mod where you can play Morrowind with the Oblivion engine, and I think that's kind of the the 
top of decency because you know old games have huge problems with you know, people didn't know how to make games back then. Sure. Yeah. You know, people talking about how in Kingsfield is it where you have to use the trigger buttons to look up. Oh, God. I'm sure there's a reason for that, but you will never convince me that it's a good one. It's um well the reason was like Kingsfield came out on the PS one or PS two and you didn't have you didn't have analog sticks back then. So you had to you had no way to look up besides the shoulder buttons. So <clears throat> I don't I'm still not saying it was a great idea, but like <laughs> Because I've tried to play uh, Shadow Tower, right? And, like, Shadow Tower was a fucking garbage to control. And it, I really want to play that game because it seems great, but I couldn't ever figure out an emulator to be able to change the control scheme, and the PS3 version doesn't let you change the control scheme, and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. It was a, it was a, it was yeah. a bummer. I want to play those games, but, man, it's just kind of hard. Yeah. Old games. <laughs> what, um... So- what... Like a lot of people, when they play Dark Souls for the first time, they get kind of heavily involved in the community. Like as they start seeking out lore videos or you know PvP videos or any of that stuff. Did you get into any of that at Dark Souls One? Um, I watched a lot of lore videos um, because I, I knew there was a story going on, and um, I knew that the problem. I I kind of extrapolated that the problem is that. Um, there are lots of item descriptions, and I've seen that some of these are talking about story things. I don't have all the stuff, mm-hmm. um, and I also don't feel like finding all the stuff and reading it all. But, you know, there's a story here. Um, let's see if anybody's made a video about it. And turns out that a lot of people made a lot of videos about it. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really watch a lot of PvP stuff. Um, I made, um, what? I made two videos of myself doing, um, low-level PvP. Um, after I beat the game, um, I did a level one run through the entire thing. Mm -hmm. Um, beat the four kings before putting down the Lord Vestal so I could get the, the, um, red eye orb so I could invade in the Berg. Um, uh, I think my favorite outfit was like the creepy Ulysseel sorcerer head thing, um, painting guardian top and like sorcerer's trousers. Sure. So, it's just weird looking. Um, I only, I only twinked when people were being unfair. Um, like not like if they hit me while I was bowing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's weird that people, um, it, it, it seems like a lot of people like create their own rule system around like Dark Souls PVP encounters. Like, oh, you bow first, so I'm going to bow, or you gesture, so I'm going to hit you while you gesture, or I'm going to come in and fuck you up as soon as possible, or Yeah, you know, whatever, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to try to justify having my own rule system. It was more for recording purposes. It's kind of yeah, just being playing funny. a ridiculous character. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you threw a soul arrow at me while I was bowing. Well, in that case, out come the big guns. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sort of stuff. Um, is the level one run was kind of the first time I I really played alone, and it was awesome. Um, I beat the only boss that I cheesed was Calamite. Um, 
that was just way too tough. And it was the last one I had to do um, besides Gwyn. And I was like, you know what? Um, it took me like 50 tries to beat Artorius and like 50 tries to beat Manus. And I beat both of them with raw cool kid skill. Um, so let's just go into hyper mode and just be proud of myself. I'm going to cast, you know, chaos firestorm at no health with power within and red tear stone ring and all kinds of other garbage and boom, one shot. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. <laughs> very proud of myself for doing the very easy thing. That's really it's funny. Nice and, <laughs> nice and cinematic. <laughs> well, did you, um, after you played Dark Souls 1, like, were you around for the uh, kind of the hype of leading up to the release of Dark Souls 2? Um, yeah, I was pretty excited. Um, I. I don't remember if I pre-ordered it or not, but I got it for the PC, and then Andrew and I, um, I think we, we made, like, two characters, and um, I had a, I have a bit more f- free time than he does, so I was able to play more by myself, but um, we, we played together uh, through the, yeah, we played through the entire game abouts, um, and it was fun. It was weird. Just, just something's something's weird about Dark Souls too. Um, <laughs> Something I, is just I, not I, quite Dark Souls about it. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really slow and floaty. Um, I, I, I tried picking it up for about five minutes um, after playing all of Bloodborne um, multiple times in the course of a couple months, and and beating the Dark Souls 3 DLC. It's like, ah, let's see what uh, Dark Souls 2 is like. And, and wow, just, just weird. Something feels so wrong now that I'm out of, um, uh, out of practice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, the game, it just, Um, especially because, you know, with the way that they've based, um, they based all of your agility like they changed all of your invulnerability frames to stat based stuff as opposed to just yeah. having it straight. Like it just makes the game feel a little weirder oh until you can like, I don't play there. I don't have a single dark souls Two build out of probably 10 that don't, it doesn't have like at least a, the minimum amount of agility. So it feels like you're rolling with dark souls, like with your I mean, dark you, souls, medium roll. You either need to stack strength and armor with I mean, stack uh, health and armor, which won't work or, put more points into it it's it's ridiculous like you can't avoid that stat um that came to such a fever pitch when um uh what was it so the second year that andrew and i did the live stream um i guess i should explain that should i yeah yeah okay so Um, we met because um a former guest of the show fiona um i don't remember her episode number because i don't remember anything about this podcast after i recorded the best episode go watch it yeah, it's 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 really good. Um, like Fiona's lore theories are just bonkers and insane. Like it's um, they're just they're just crazy and great. Like it's I mean, just we go all over the place in that episode. But um, she's so weird. She has like an encyclopedic knowledge of 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 mythology. It's it's awesome. It's really great. You should see. I'll uh, I'll link you some of the stuff that her and I worked on to that further past, like to go f- further with that lore theory. And it was um, and I say I worked on it. Like I did anything. It's it's like all her like i think i made comments on the on the google doc and that was really about it but they, they keep going 
but somehow you guys knew each other or had found each other on the internet and um, you were doing a live stream. And well, she- actually, um, so, so um, and Andrew and I, we, we used to do the, the Relay for Life, which is uh, uh, a charity event thing run through the American Cancer Society. And our team stopped doing that. So, um, okay, four years ago, Andrew was like, I'm going to do a 24-hour Souls 1 live stream uh, and and have people donate. Um, and so he, he did that by himself. I can't remember what he did. It might have been a bow-only run. It might have been just playing through. Um, I think I invaded him a couple times and and beat the crap out of him because uh you know i think i think andrew said that um we have a one-sided rivalry you know he's just saying that to make me look bad and make himself <laughs> look good um he's a putz and I, I love him i love him dearly he's my best friend but um yeah i'm way more handsome than he is anyway um so he did the charity stream um made some money for the American Cancer Society. And the following year, he was like, hey, you want to for this year's stream? And I was like, yeah, boy, let's do it. Home slice. So we, we did uh, Dark Souls 2, the original version, um, in 2014. Um, and it was very fun. We It was a 24-hour we do a 24 hour live stream and people, um, if they donate above a certain threshold, um, to, we, we had our, in 2014 and 2015, uh, donations went to the American Cancer Society. Um, last year we had donations go to the Cancer Research Institute. Um, just a change in, in specifics after, um, talking to some people and doing a bit of research into, trying to get everything to go to the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if you donate above a certain threshold, you can issue us challenges. And um, you know, we're like, no promise that we'll complete them. Um, but we'll, we'll have some best. fun trying, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the the big challenge in 2014 was killing Vilstadt with a ladle. Um that took a couple tries, but it wasn't too, too bad. It was more just really tense. Um, basically, I had a big, crazy shield, um, and he was kind of a lightning in and out type of guy. And um, because people don't specify things ever, we were able to cheat by poisoning the ladles, and that, that worked to great effect. Um, so that was hilarious. But <laughs> the following year our challenge was a lot more specific and this took like three hours to do. Um, it was just insane. Um, I do the editing for the highlights videos. Um, I want to say that fume night killed us maybe geez, 70 times, I think 60 or 70 times. Jeez. Um, our challenge was, Kill Fume Knight using only the ballerina twirl with the puzzling stone sword. So, <laughs> um, the puzzling stone sword does piss poor damage um, when when you're fighting Fume Knight. Um, probably other things too, but it's 
it's like a moveset weapon. It's good for for catching people off guard. It's not really a huge huge output type of thing, which is fine, but not good for this. And the ballerina twirl takes like a second to complete, so we had to like hop in, do the move, hop out, and we had we got really really familiar with his moveset, um, just because it was that was just really really freaking hard mm-hmm. <laughs> um we got it eventually though you just gotta if you throw yourself at a problem enough times then maybe someday you'll solve it <laughs> just sheer determination is gonna win it every time right <laughs> yeah we also got kill sin with a ladle um can't use poison this time uh so andrew accomplished that one um but when we were reviewing the footage, um, the summon that Andrew had help didn't play by the rules. Um, the summon used like a greatsword. Um, so we retroactively made that not count. And then um, we did a proper um, killing with a ladle, like follow up video. Where was I going with this? Uh, right, we- agility. Yeah. So. About two hours in, you know, Andrew's like, my dodges aren't working. What's happening? And I'm like, what's your agility? He's like, you're kidding. What? Um, he, he didn't, I, I don't think he knew that iframes were tied to agility. Um, but just that was, <laughs> he was mad. <laughs> Is that, um, so that when. Stupid, stupid thing. <laughs> They so was that when that. you guys met Fiona? Like I, we were originally talking about how you guys got started with streaming and everything, and how I, oh, I, I yeah. ended up so, knowing. No, so um, so so last year, um, our, our live stream, we we had we had some guests on. We had uh, just Gravelord things, uh, Bashful Trey, uh, Fiona, and the generous host Jeremy, <laughs> um, and so. So we sat down, Andrew and I, and we're like, uh, what should we do? I, let's try to have some people on. Um, you know, we always have we have a couple people who will stay for, the, like, the 24 hours in the chat. Um, let's see if we can have some of them on, and let's see if, like, as a, as a call, because um, we're using Discord now, and that's a lot easier than fiddling with dumb Skype. Um, and let's, let's see about, uh, yeah talking to other people. And this was about the time that I had started listening to Don't Give Up Skeleton. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, everybody that you had interviewed to that point, I put down on a list, plus <laughs> you, I think. And just, like, contact all of them, asking them um, asking them if they wanted to be on the stream. And uh, something, uh, a lot of people, I think, didn't get the emails or something. Um, or uh, it went to the spam folder because I type way too much. And so, but um, Fiona was one of the ones who replied because I, um, I think I prioritized sending people emails as opposed to like Twitter messages. And that was the problem um, in terms of low response rate that, and where a couple of unknown people just randomly soliciting um these people to to be on our live stream. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Fiona responded and she's like, I'd lo- love to be on your stream. Uh, do you want me to contact Jeremy and ha- have him be on it too? And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. Um, and and that was, that was how we met. We just asked her to be on the thing. And, and that was it. Cool. Which I guess is a bit anticlimactic since it sounded like you were expecting a better story than that. No, no, not at all. I was just I was just curious how it came about. Um, <laughs> I had a lot of fun on your stream, and um, if you're if you're listening to this now, um, Nick should have this out should have the video of that out on his YouTube channel, and we'll have a link to all that in the show notes so that you can go check that out. I don't. You guys were playing Dark Souls three, and um, I woke up pretty early in the morning. I think it was like six or seven in the morning, and jumped on the Discord with y'all and like kind of watched just the stream so i was a little bit delayed but um you guys were pretty loopy by that point <laughs> like it had been a, a long evening for you guys yeah yeah we <laughs> uh, we have to do this next year because i think this is the way to go we started late later than usual I, usually we started at like 11 this time we started at like two or three mm-hmm. um and so by that time we because we didn't wake up any earlier um, or any later, even though the stream was later, because we still had a ton of stuff to set up. Um, but yeah, we were just really tired and, and kind of loopy. So um, reviewing the footage, our conversation wasn't, um, wasn't great. But that was mostly uh, our fault. Well, I mean, anybody like it's a, it's always going to be a little weird when you, when somebody new and it's you know woke up from a, a good eight hour sleep, has a cup of coffee, jumps onto a call with two guys that have like been up for eighteen twenty hours straight playing. I think you, were you fighting the two princes? Is that what was happening? I vaguely remember this. Um, we were fighting the twin princes. Yeah. Um, you might have been around for that. I know the big hot thing that you were around for was. One of the just we got was kill nameless king in Ornstein and Smo's outfits. Oh yeah, um, yeah, that's so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That ended up being ridiculously easier than I expected it to be. Um, it took us a few tries, but um, yeah, Smo has a lot of defense and hits like a truck. Okay, I can live with that. Um, it was in. It looked pretty good, um, just seeing the two of us uh, yeah. dressed up like those guys. Playing uh, cosplaying in Dark Souls with the fashion is always so much fun. Like no matter, I mean, like no matter what happens, like no matter how effective it is, it's just always a lot of fun to dress up as those characters. Like I'm so glad that they do that and give you all of the boss boss armors and things like that. Like it's hey, and in, yeah. and in the DLC, they finally give you Ornstein's helm with the. Um, with the little with the plume, with the plume, yeah, it actually, yeah, they actually put it in the game finally. <laughs> After you know, waiting since what has it been six years since Dark Souls One came out, <laughs> finally. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love making, I love making um, a bunch of builds. Um, I think probably my real favorite that I've ever done was in Dark Souls Two and Scholar. Um, I made, I made a character named King of Dagger. Um, it's just kind of like this bug-eyed guy with um, with a crown who has a parrying dagger and a regular dagger, and, and that's that's how I beat the game. That's how I did PvP. Uh, 
That's um. That's, the restrictions really make it interesting. That's one of the like the really fascinating things with the Dark Souls is that um like the game gives you pretty much a, its own pretty strict rule set, but then it inspires players to give themselves their own challenges and complete stuff in weird and dumb ways. Like, did you see the video floating down recently about the dude playing the Dark Souls three with? controlling it via bananas like it just I, I saw a picture of that but i haven't had time to to look into it i mean the, um, the picture is really all you need to see like they, they just wired some stuff up and he's literally pressing on a banana to like move left or right or back and forth or to roll or to attack like he's got like just like eight bananas in front of him <laughs> it's just ridiculous it's so, weird. <laughs> it's so stupid and weird like it's just it's just so bizarre but you know hey what are you gonna do what um <laughs> Tell me about your experience with Bloodborne, uh, like, because it's such a dramatic so, departure from the first two games. Like, the, just in terms of combat and story and, and the way that it approaches stuff. Like, did you have a hard time adapting to that? Um. So, first time I played Bloodborne, Andrew came over and brought his PS4, and so I, I got a bit of experience with that. I think, um, it's one of those things where he 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 can't really come over often. Often, so I think I only got maybe two or three hours of play before that stopped happening. Um, but it was a weird adjustment to make um, because um, I stopped using a shield around Dark Souls 2, um, mm-hmm. but I was still pretty defensive. I, I still played defensively um, kind of, uh, what's the word? Like placement-wise, um, like uh, spacing myself between enemies. Sure. Um, being tactical about that. And that really didn't work very well with Bloodborne because, um, you know, especially in Central Yarnum, the mob just charges at you. Um, and you can't really position yourself well. Um, so that was tough. I think I beat Cleric, I, Cleric Beast. I might have beaten Gascoin. Um, yeah, I did because I, I was uh, fascinated by the, by the Chapel Dweller. Um, what a weird guy. What a weird guy. And, and the game doesn't do you any favors. Like, I totally miss that guy because you get the cutscene when you walk into the, ch- the cathedral for the first time. Yeah, and the camera's, the camera's um, past him. <laughs> never, never even considered, like, never looked right. <laughs> just never even bothered. Like, immediately just did not. Because there's a lamp in front of you, so I ran to the lamp. And I was like, well, I don't ever need to yeah. go back that way. I can just warp to the lamp if I need to go somewhere. And, yeah. Pretty dumb. I felt pretty stupid about that. I was uh, almost finished with the game when somebody was like, yeah, the chapel dweller. And I was like, who the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh my god, seriously? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. My, my my experience with Bloodborne, like I missed 90% of the NPCs in that game. Like I didn't like I didn't uh, realize that you could get people into that little safe haven area. Um, and the, and the, I sent, like the ones that I did talk to, I sent every single one of them to the clinic. So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. That's terrible. <laughs> Had you been spoiled on like the big twist in Bloodborne? So by the time I played, um, when I played with Andrew, that was um, probably late, mid to late 2015, um, and then nothing. Um, I don't remember when it came out, so the time is convoluted in my head. Um, but this this past Christmas, um, um, I, I'm I've been working um pretty steadily um as a as an intern doing uh like behavior analysis um 
and also as a as a grader at, at my university so i was able to build up a bit of a money buffer that i was able to get a ps4 um also known as the bloodborne machine the and bloodborne it's so weird machine. because people people are like hey nick have you tried playing this on your bloodborne machine and i'm like what do you mean playing something else on my bloodborne machine isn't it for <laughs> bloodborne um no, the, the girlfriend likes Little Big Planet um, and Ratchet Ratchet Clank, so doing Good. that as well. Yeah. Um. But but yeah. Um. Got that, and uh, that has been largely when I when I come home on weekends, um, just boot up the Bloodborne machine and play through. Um, I've beaten it. I've gotten to the end with one. Um. But I haven't, I haven't put the pin in the final boss because um, Andrew still has the old hunters to do. He picked that up, by the way. Um, he did. Thank okay, you for good. recommending it. I've been telling him to get it for like four weeks, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess he respects you more. I'm not jealous. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and then I, I beat it with another character. Um, holy crap! It's so great. Uh, sorry, I was spoiled on it. Um, but while I think it would have been cool to have my mind blown by, whoa, it's not just werewolves. Um, it, it still looks good. And it's kind of the question of how do you get from point A to point B? That's more interesting to me than, um, than getting surprised by something, which also is why I play every game with like an NPC guide. Um, yeah, because you want to get the content, not, and not necessarily yeah. care about the the twists and turns along the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm always actually, curious about that because, um, like, there's you know, there's always those studies where people say like, um, the spoilers actually increase your enjoyment of a game or of a movie or of a book or whatever. Like, you're not worried about things so much. And my wife is that way, but I'm very much not that way. Yeah, I, I don't <clears> know. <throat> I, like that stuff relies on a lot of you know surveys and and like talking about how people are thinking and stuff. And that's not the type of science that I do. So it's all garbage. Of course. (laughs) Um, I'm just kidding. Please don't burn me at the stake. Cognitivists. Um, But yeah, I, I played through ringed city, zero spoilers, zero guide, nothing. And, um, I, I, I screwed up the lap quest line and I was basically like, well, you know, I don't like that. I screwed this up and I would have liked to see the rest of everything that's supposed to happen with him. So I guess this just confirms I'm going to play every game with an NPC guide. I don't care. Um, be any, be mad at me, but um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't, I don't so, get mad at anybody. Like the, I mean, the, the thing is, like, you can play however you want to play. Like, I may not agree with you, but, um, and, and I had this conversation with, um, a former guest, Grace, just the other day of, uh, me and her are both in the camp of, like, this is the first time I'm playing this game. It's going to, like, drastically affect my memories and my, like, my thought process of this game. So, like, I want to ex- explore that on my own as much as possible. And then I'll get into, like, spoiler territory. Um, but that's, for me, that's really only for Dark Souls. Like, it's very rare that I'd, 
do that for like i don't really care about other games like persona 5 i'll play persona 5 but i don't like care that i'm seeing pictures and stuff on twitter because i don't really care about that game like dark souls is really like the one true game for me in that in that way yeah and like that's cool man you can have an opinion um is basically the the um approach i take um yeah i can i can see both sides of the of the issue um so yeah. So you so really like the Lord the, the Old Hunters DLC? Yeah, I love it. I love all of Bloodborne. Um I know everybody who comes on the show is like, oh well I was reading Lovecraft before Bloodborne, but I was also reading Lovecraft before Bloodborne. So <laughs> um I <laughs> so I, I love that aspect. Um it's very hard to do, you know, old gods eldritch lore type of stuff in video games and bloodborne falls short um obviously because i I think it'd be hard to make an enjoyable captivating game that really also captures the uh the unspeakable horror shove nigger out my brain uh, my mind is exploding um and have it actually you know you gotta fight stuff if you're playing an action game and you can't you can't you can't have a game where uh, Thulu, rising from Rilia, uh, I'll get my sword and gun, but, you know, it's a foregone conclusion, and also, this is a fun game, you know, you have to be able to kill stuff, I guess, so, yeah, it's disappointing it's- that you can beat Amygdala, but it's still great, and they, I think they pepper in enough, like, you know, Erden being you know this this voice in the cosmos like whoa what's going on with that huh i think there's enough 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 of the the flavor that it's uh that's just excellent sure there's um it's interesting where p- games take influence from lovecraft stuff because like i've played a lot of darkest dungeon um late last year and like there's some serious Lovecraftian stuff going on in there, but like, it doesn't actually like, it's all just like characters and things like that. Like it's more of the aesthetics as opposed to any of the unknowable cosmos kind of thing. Um, and like salt and sanctuary does that a little bit. And that's how I feel like Bloodmore does too, is like, it takes the aesthetics and kind of leaves the, some of the weirder storylines behind, which, it, you know, I think there's room for games to do that. Like you look at something like, um, Oh, what was the old GameCube game? I can never remember the stupid name of it. Um, uh, Eternal Darkness, where they had like your sanity meter, right? Where things would get weird in the game, and like the crazier you got, like that stuff would be really interesting to me in a Souls game or a Bloodborne game. I think they they really you said it was a missed opportunity, and I agree. Like they should have gone hardcore into these dream realities and just gotten crazy with the geometry of the world, and like you know, all of a sudden like gravity moves, and now I'm walking sideways, and I have to figure out how to fight, how to you know how to fight and do that at the same time. Like they they there's so much left on the table that they could take advantage of. Yeah. Uh, you, you read, you read Call of Thulu and it's like, Oh, it's a, we, we approached this thing that looked like an obtuse angle, but behaved like an acute angle and he fell into a pit. Um, you have stuff like that. And it's like, cool. Oh man. Nightmare frontiers kind of boring though. Uh, what are these faces on rocks? That's great. But, uh, you, you you, you, I know in, in your interviews, you ask a lot of people what they would like for Bloodborne 2. Um, and I also agree that American 
Midwest cowboy stuff would be great, but mm-hmm. um, have you ever played Antichamber? Yeah, I have, actually. Uh, do that. <laughs> um, have, have, have those sort of levels in Bloodborne, where you walk down a hall and then turn around and, oh my god, there's stairs here now! <laughs> um, yeah. That would, that would be the sort of eldritch geometry um, nonsense that I think I think they could make that work. Yeah. From pretty smart people. Uh, yeah, I think I think they could do stuff like that. There's probably a way to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd be I'd be super interested in just just seeing that kind of weirdness just let go and like and just gone crazy. Like um believe it or not like a Batman game did this recently with uh, I don't I think the latest one was Arkham Knight, but I get all the Arkham games kind of confused besides Asylum. Um but if it was Arkham Knight where you know you would look around, and then you know you would like look to the left, look to the right, and then you'd look back to the left, and the Joker would be there, like talking to you because he was kind of like in your mind or whatever. Like that kind of stuff is is a little trite and a little cliche, but I think it's never really been done in a Souls game before, and I think that would be super super interesting. Yeah, and I I think, um, and I, and I think if they went all in and did level designs that have similar similar tricks to like what antichamber does mm-hmm. like you know not just oh i looked twice and something changed um but actually you know all right if i want to get to the end point i have to walk to the end of the hall and then turn around and there'll be something new behind me like a new pit in the ground for me to go through and if i look down the pit um then the perspective will change and i'm like walking down what used to be the wall of the pit and now it's the floor like if if they yeah if they go all in i think it would work really well um and kind of avoid the the you know oh bad guys popping out of nowhere cliche because of how the camera's turning sure i don't know how they'd pull that off in a um like over the shoulder uh 3d type of thing that they do but yeah yeah, it'd be like, I, but that's the thing is, I don't necessarily want it to be done exactly like that, but I want to see From's take on that. Like, I, I, I have the confidence in them that there's somebody there that wants to get crazy with that stuff, and I just, just let yeah. let them loose. Yeah. Is that your, uh, is that your kind of like dream Souls game or dream From software game at this point? Since we we're getting kind of close to E3, like, do you have something that you're looking forward to out of those guys? Um, I think that would be great. Uh, please hire me as someone who comes up with ideas but doesn't do any work. Um, uh, but to be honest, I think pretty much anything they do that captures the same. I like. I really like the stamina based combat. Um, you know, you gotta have a good grasp of what you can do and can't do in a certain amount of time. Um, but I think just capturing the whole, yeah, you do a lot of damage, enemies do a lot of damage, but nobody has a lot of health. Um, you know, uh, things should be should punish bad behavior really hard and reward good behavior really hard. Um, and I think that's something that the Soul series does really, really, really well. Um, so basically, just just that. Um, I know that that's a lot easier said than done. Make the rewards good and make the punishment strong. Um, (laughs) 
Well, but they've they've but, got they have a history of doing that. Like you can look at Dark Souls one and see that like, that's exactly what that game is. Like you, that, that's yeah. it. <laughs> they they did it once. They can probably do it again. Did in Demon Souls. They they've done it in all the the Soulsborne games. So I I think that um I I never played Armored Core. I'm guessing it's not as um. I'm guessing it's not as rewarding and punishing as the Souls games. It talk like behaviorally speaking, like like they really, really forces you to get out of bad habits because you can't progress if you keep them. Um, just, but I don't know. Um, but it's a it's a really it's a great formula, and it's um, a lot of games do kind of hand-holding, you know, uh, look around and I have my pointer telling me where to go and, um, oh, look, the game's pausing itself so that some some little little fairy can pop out and tell me what buttons I need to hit. And, you know, it's trying to, trying to force you into good habits from the beginning as opposed to... I, I think the great thing about the Soulsborne games is that... Um, they use gameplay to to have you um to get you out of out of your bad habits and get you into good habits um yeah i just don't i don't have... know if you've uh, i don't know if you've seen this image i just put it in the chat um this comes up all the time but it's a uh, it's a picture oh, of Bloodbor- yeah. what bloodborne right. would look like if it was developed by ubisoft basically <laughs> yeah Ugh. it's such just the worst <laughs> yeah makes me makes my head shake uncontrollably. <laughs> um, well, Nick, thank you very much for, for, for waking up super early in the morning and uh, being on the podcast with me. I, I very, very much appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's always a thrill and great to talk to my favorite Jeremy. <laughs> there's, that's, I'll take that as a compliment because I know there's at least like several more Jeremys out there. There's actually there's several more Jeremy Greers out there that are kind of shitty people too. So you got to watch out for this Jeremy Greer sometimes. Uh, like, I, I only trust you. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you and your buddy Andrew? Um, and describe all of the things that you do on the internet so that I can link them in the show notes. So, um, you can find Andrew and you can find me on, uh, mostly on YouTube and Twitter. So, on, uh, Twitter, we are at Dingus Boys, D-I-N-G-U-S-B-O-Y-S, um, and we don't really post a ton of stuff, um, you know, every once in a while, something or other, but, um, mostly we are on YouTube um, called Dingus Boys Gaming on YouTube and um, we have like the highlights videos from the live stream that we do every year um, kind of guessing when this will be coming out based on release schedules well this this one I think it's going to be released when Jeremy's um, episode is released but this will also be should be about a month or two or so away from our 2017 live stream. So, you know, oh, excellent. Well, if you're uh, if you're gearing up, we'll be inviting you to that again. Sure, I'll just I'm... say that on the record. <laughs> um, what's your so, uh, What's your Twitch channel? In case people want to go sub to that, so when it pops up, they'll they'll be ready to watch. Oh no, I don't know. <laughs> um, 
I, dingoes are frisky. Um, uh, yeah, I actually have the notes up from when Andrew was here, so I can just copy and paste that, so that'll work. <laughs> but, yeah, unfortunately, I think we're going to try to do that. Uh, we're going to try to stream more often, but just a busy life, um, so... I Maybe totally not. get that. Well, thank you again for guesting. This has been an absolute delight. Thank you uh, so much. Sorry that I'm word salad boy. No, you're, you're totally fine. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast on Twitter at DGUS Podcast. You can also find all of the links to my social networks at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. Specifically, pay attention to the Instagram page, which is Don't Give Up Skellies, uh, so you can see brief previews of every podcast as it comes out. In case you have an attention span like a gnat, like I do, and you only have, you can only take sixty second podcast. Again, thank you everybody for listening. If you can leave me an iTunes review, it really really helps get the word out on the show, uh, and I very very much want people to listen to it and uh, hopefully grow the show. Thanks again, and remember, don't give up skeleton.